Hello and welcome to an episode of History, The Success and Downfalls. We're your hosts, Leah, Callie, and Antonia. Today we're going to be having a conversation on the domestic policy, foreign policy, economic policy, and diverse groups within the United States. I honestly don't even know where to begin. Let's take a look back in history in America. In 1929, the time of the Great Depression. The Great Depression was a terrible period for all Americans. What events do you think were the main causes of America spiraling into a depression? Okay, let's start with the causes. The fact was that the basic industries and wartime industries suffered, especially after World War I. And don't forget the impact that the farmers had. After World War I, the demand for food was less, less, which meant the cost of food decreased, inflation. It was not only impacts from World War I. The government kept the interest rates low, allowing people to borrow money that just led to debts too deep to pay back. And it all begins with the stock market. The idea of getting rich quick was also a cover-up. I bet most people didn't even fully understand how the stock market worked. Have you heard of Black Tuesday, where people want to get rid of their stocks, but there was just so many of them and not enough money, and individuals lost entire life savings? So what did the government do about this? Did they not guess this happening with so many people buying stocks? That is where we get into some domestic policies. President Hoover did not help the Americans. His idea was that the economy would just fix itself, but clearly that did not have too much success. That's where FDR comes in, right? Let's talk about his 100 days. His New Deal was a popular idea. First, he declared a bank holiday, closing the banks. After, he would open the stable ones, trying to restore the people's trust in the banks. Don't forget he was also popular for his fireside chats. He would talk to Americans in their own home, and he would explain problems in an easy way to understand. That was probably one of his best ideas. Yes, but not everyone loved FDR and his ideas. Liberals thought the New Deal was not doing enough for the people. That's crazy. The New Deal was for the people. The AAA gave farmers their jobs back and fixed inflation. The CCC was to create jobs with decent conditions while also helping the environment. Fine, but FDR was not fair to the racial minorities. The programs he set up were for white men. Although he did not support the anti-lynching bill, he appointed some African-American jobs within the federal federal government. True, but he also raised the national debt by quite a lot. He made the government too big and powerful. I am still in support of FDR and his New Deal. He showed that at the time of need, the government does need to get involved. And most important, he provided hope to the Americans in the dark times. So the government really does take problems into its own hands. Yes, and I also agree that the government takeover at some that point in time was necessary. Well, clearly the people could not handle the rise of cities and new technology because the corruption and living conditions were so bad. Teddy Roosevelt's deal was also something new. TR believed that big businesses preyed on the everyday people, so he promised the people a square deal. But then we have the eugenics movement. Crazy as it is, people actually believe that stuff. Thomas Jefferson wanted a scientific view of why whites differed from blacks. Seems to me the only person who did anything scientific was Johann Blumenbach, who made the term Caucasian and separated racial people based on where they were from geographically. That's so illogical. Yeah, makes no sense. Charles Darwin's idea of the survival of the fittest was to naturally weed out people with any physical and social differences. That was the whole point of eugenics, though, to have selective breeding to improve the human race. Schools became divided by gender and race, kind of similar but very different compared to the segregations in the Civil Rights era. For the changes in immigration, though, certain people were banned from entering the U.S., like criminals, people who required care, the poor, and many more that didn't fit the strict criteria. Even worse, eugenics were taught as a curriculum in schools. The IQ tests were brought out. The bias in the tests were astounding, and American intelligence was declining. Then there's the anti-miscegenation laws, which were fueled by that statement. 
laws that ban marriage between one spouse that was coined feeble-minded, insane, or had a disease. To take it way across the boundaries, there was sterilization. About 6,000 Americans were sterilized by 1930, and the law was not even repealed until 1972. World War I was mainly fought by the Europeans, but the U.S. had made a boatload of money from sending weapons over. America claimed neutrality, but acted differently. The war gave so many people jobs that even America experienced a labor shortage. Hypocritical for saying that we are neutral and then sending weapons. Then we justify going to war with the sinking of Lithuania, which was sunken by a German U-boat, and the Zimmerman Telegraph. The war caused the U.S. to gear up, and factories things were being mass-produced and encouraged people to help conserve steel, oil, and gas. To make more money, the government raised income tax and sold war bonds to raise money for the war. Not everyone was on board. Germans were now viewed as the enemies, and Germans in America were also being harassed. America got to have a say in the Treaty of Versailles and also took part of Germany to regulate and station troops. Other nations felt as though the treaty betrayed them. When the U.S. soldiers came back from the war, they were horrified. The stories of gore and violence came back to the U.S. and left the people shook. What do you think was the reason for so many citizens to be completely against getting involved with any foreign affairs? From that point on, the Americans began searching for normalcy. They became isolated from the war. They were scared of repetition. Let's move on to the Vietnam War in America in the 1950s. What's your take on it? Well, at that time, American people were worried about the spread of communism. So the first step the Americans took in getting involved was to send 16,000 military advisors to train the South Vietnamese troops. In my opinion, it is clear that the United States should not have gotten involved. Because if you know the outcome, you know the losses. Well, although he had a terrible rep, he was under strain. He had pressure from the public to not be soft towards communism. No excuse. He was the president. He should have taken control of the people. Easier said than done, at the beginning of the war, Americans thought it was necessary to contain communism. The U.S. sent an insane amount of troops to Vietnam, but the Viet Cong fought back using guerrilla tactics. The troop morale dropped tremendously. At home, it was dropping as well. Having the war on television was not a good idea, in my opinion. It only showed the horrors of war, horrors that young children should not be exposed to, especially ones eligible for the draft. Prime college age. The reason for the Kent State riot, people protesting the war, anti-war movements, especially at college campuses. Yet despite the protests, in 1967, two-thirds of Americans still supported the Vietnam War. The Tet Offensive turned the war and the people's view at home. In terms of a military standpoint, that was a success from the body count. It looks like the U.S. suffered many casualties, did not take any land from the commies, so not the best war the U.S. had. Switching to the topic of World War II, many Congress members believed the U.S. did not have any business fighting because it just wasn't their fight. Well, yes, that is true, but who knows what would have happened if the United States never got involved. Germany definitely started these global issues due to the Treaty of Versailles because they were simply angry that, with the fact that it stripped them of their army. Germany even started shooting down U.S. merchant ships in the summer of 1941 in retaliation, and it started to impact the trade the U.S. wanted to get done. Eventually, the U.S. cut off all trade with Japan due to their aggression. That included oil, which was something Japan relied very heavily on. And we all know that that event led to one horrible day on December 7, 1941, the attack on Pearl Harbor. Yeah, and once the U.S. finally and formally decided to retaliate, there were some major shifts in the U.S., and many women took on the jobs of men. The government also took action and tried to organize a way for the U.S. to keep bringing in money to help fund their plan in fighting this war. Freezing the prices on goods and increasing all income tax to prevent inflation strongly impacted those in poverty because they were struggling to keep up with high taxing. Remind me of what this was called again? It was the Office of Price Administration. I agree with you. 
where you're coming from, but that was essential in order to keep America in check. That comes into play today because whenever taxes are raised, it's usually to help pay off a larger project or fund something the government cannot pay off all at once. Now changing the topic a little bit and fast forwarding a few years into the future, the Cold War. This was a really rough time for the U.S., mainly because so many American citizens were terrified of the spread of communism. Yes, Truman really pushed to keep FDR's policies intact and promote ease for American citizens in order to relieve the tension. It's also known as the Fair Deal, but it was a complete failure, which kind of goes to show what kind of type of president he was. Alistair tried to provide some relief to the farmers and create a national health care program. It just lacked the public support that FDR had when he was introducing his New Deal. He was successful at raising minimum wage for workers and was able to extend social security coverage. He definitely did provide some help towards the economy and built it up for all citizens. It just seems that his logic was not very well thought out and it impacted a lot of people. Lots of empty promises with no actual reality. Don't forget how he was also able to successfully build houses for low-income families and that was definitely another aspect of his deal that plays into our country today. There's no denying that at least something good came out of his presidency and it was not just a total waste. Obviously, yes, there are definitely benefits to Truman's fair deal that still stand today, but I think he should have tried harder at making sure his promises could go through or work before getting the hopes of many Americans up. All right, switching up gears a little, let's talk about the civil rights movement. It's definitely a very relevant topic because it plays into society today. This was a very eventful time in history. Many innocent people faced discrimination and were even killed just because they were simply not white. The story of Emmett Till is especially heartbreaking. Just think of an innocent 12-year-old boy being brutally murdered for saying just two words. His mother was a very strong woman, though. She urged people to hear about her son's story, and she wanted the pictures to be shown of his body so the world could see the brutality. This tragedy was a clear jumpstart for the civil rights movement, and it wanted to make people start making a change in America and about how the African-American community was treated in society. Rosa Parks was famous for refusing to get up from her seat so a white man could sit in it. It created the Montgomery bus boycott and was led by MLK, and it lasted 12, 381 days. Committees like SNCC were mobilized by African-American students, and they wanted to spread the importance of equality in a nonviolent manner. And there's definitely still a lot of organizations around today that promote the same idea. It was definitely a huge relief for many when the Civil Rights Act of 1968 was passed because it banned discrimination in housing and made anti-lynching laws even more strict. Yes, but African Americans still suffer today from discrimination in the workplace, affirmative action, academic gaps, and more. That's true, but equality towards African Americans has progressed, and they're now treated much better than previous years. Looking back into the earlier years of the 1900s, the Gilded Age was a time where many immigrants and farmers came to the U.S. in hopes of finding work. Close to half of America's population was made of immigrants, right? Yeah, they settled all over the country in places like New York, Boston, Philadelphia, and Chicago. They must have gotten taken advantage of, seeing that they were very unskilled and didn't speak English very well. It was extremely easy for corporations to take advantage of them, and that led to the creation of very harsh and cruel working conditions, like sweatshops that are still around today. Works of literature written by Upton Sinclair clearly exposed the horrendous working conditions they were exposed to and how they were tricked into 12-hour shifts. They were living way below the poverty line and didn't even realize it due to the lack of education they got. It made the gap between the rich and poor increase dramatically. You can easily connect these instances to current times because immigrants have come to the countries in modern years and are still being taken advantage of by large corporations. It's mind-boggling to see how much times have changed in some aspects, but also stayed the same in just these few decades. 
Yeah, and who knows what'll happen in the future. Thank you for tuning in. Catch you next time.